The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And one of the most interesting people in our world of media is Jake Tapper. Jake is a very well-known broadcaster. He's a great writer. He's written bestsellers that have made the New York Times list. And he speaks, he does a zillion things. And I just read his latest thriller. And I'm a thriller person. And I couldn't put this book down. Of course, I've destroyed the book by folding all the pages. It's called All the Demons Are Here. And Jake, if you read his other recent books, The Devil May Dance, He's terrific at what he does. Congratulations. And this one I heard is doing its job, eyeing the New York Times list, going right there. What happens when you finish a book? Like this is a big book with a lot of research. What happens? Do you take time off, give yourself a little treat? How do you function? Well, thank you for the kind words, uh, uh, Joan. Uh, it's I'm really happy to hear that that you you couldn't put it down. That makes me really excited uh, to hear. Um, no, I mean, you know, what you have to do then is you have to go out there and sell the book, uh, and and you know, yeah, not, and, easy. And, uh, not easy, not um, easy. But I am taking a little bit of a break right now. Usually, uh, the last the last few books I've gone from book to book to book, and uh, you know, once you hand it in. Uh, you know, which is, you know, usually anywhere from six months to a year before publishing, uh, then there's more time to start the next book. I have started a couple books, uh, one nonfiction and one fiction, but I've put it down for a couple weeks just to take some time off and just relax and then figure out what I want the next book to be, whether it's, whether it's another thriller or a nonfiction book or, or what. But so you're, you're, you're reaching me at like right now, I'm kind of, kind of relaxing. Okay, well, you need to treat yourself to that. And what's interesting is whenever I read your books, I have to remind myself that I'm reading fiction because (laughs) it's all real. The figures are real. The characters are real. And they're great adventures. I love thrillers. That's, you know, when people, I'm I'm a reader, but to really curl up and relax, it's got to be a thriller. Well, thank and you. I, I mean, I agree. I'm the same way. I need to have like a, a a real momentum to keep me turning the pages to figure out what's going on. Right, and, what's uh, happening? Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, and I, um, well, I you know, playing with historical fiction is a lot of fun because you do get to play. You know, I play with the eras. I've written three books now: one in the '50s, one in the '60s, and this one takes place in 1977. Uh, and I really try to like research the era and write about that time use real people from that era along with fictitious people and have the the real people seem real and say having them say and do things that they normally would say and do. Um, and then you, you feel you know them, like Elvis Presley, who is Elvis very Presley, much a part of this. Evil Knievel, Elvis Presley, uh, all sorts of uh, characters uh, from from that period. Uh, and obviously, um, you know, 1977, so many wild things happen, and it was, a, you know, very fun to, like, 
to, to, to ha- almost have 1977 as a character uh, throwing things at my main characters because you have um, – I'm trying to think just the list of things. So it's Jimmy Carter is inaugurated. There are UFO sightings across the country. Studio 54 opens. There's the New York City blackout, the Son of Sam serial killer, the rise of, of tabloid journalism in New York Unreal. City because of, because of Son of Sam, uh, and on and on. Elvis dies in 1977, Star Wars, Saturday Night Fever, so many exciting things, the Nixon Frost interviews. So it was a lot of fun to, to just like um, kind of time travel when you're writing, when I'm writing one of these books, you know, you kind of time travel and, uh, and put yourself in this era uh, when you write. But it's interesting to read about your background and read about the path that you took because you were doing cartoons, you were doing a lot of different things. And then all of a sudden these thrillers started coming. Yeah, well, I always wanted to to do something in the fiction realm. I originally, um, after college, I went to film school and wanted to learn how to write screenplays. I wanted to do, as you noted, I wanted to be a, a cartoonist and do. I wanted to do like a comic strip like Doonesbury. Um, but then, you know, my career just took a different path, and I ended up in journalism, uh, in nonfiction, and then I wrote, you know, a few nonfiction books. But then, you know, I never, I never stopped loving fiction. I never stopped loving thrillers and the like, and I decided to give it a shot. So, you know, back in 2018, the first, the first of these books came out, the, the Hellfire Club, uh, and it was, you know, it did well. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a different muscle to flex uh, fiction from nonfiction, um, but it, it's, uh, I, I do get to, the history nerd in me gets to, gets to do research and find the fun parts of history to write about, uh, and so that people feel like they're really in the era, listening to the music of the era, experiencing the weirdness of 1977, so it's a lot of fun. Right, and then you reintroduce us to a British family in the newspaper business and we first start reading and then it's like, well, we know that family. (laughs) Everything is so real. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you read a lot of fiction and I'm a very fast reader, so sometimes I have to go back and read some of it over because I think, could that have really happened? And (laughs) that's the way I feel when I'm reading your books. And in this particular book, there are a very interesting pair of kids, Ike and Lucy. Their yeah. parents are Senator Martyr, Senator Charles, and the mother, Margaret. And the kids were been in your books before, but this time we see a grown-up version. Yeah, so so Charlie and Margaret are the main characters of the pre, of the first two books, um, and then their kid, the Charlie and Margaret are in this book. In all the demons are here, uh, but their kids, uh, as you note, Ike and Lucy are the real stars. Ike is twenty; he's an AWOL Marine, uh, and he is working on Evil Knievel's pit crew in Butte, Montana. Lucy is twenty-two, and she uh, is working for the Washington Star newspaper. But then this new family, uh, very uh, loosely based on the Murdochs, although the dad is very directly based on Rupert Murdoch, uh, the right. Lyon family, uh, they come into town and they have started a, a tabloid uh, in Washington D.C. called the Washington Sentinel. And before Lucy knows it, she's been hired by them, and she's uh, covering a serial killer. 
um, in Washington, D.C., and the family wants this serial killer that she's covering to be as successful for them as the son of Sam serial killer has been or is being for the New York Daily News and the New York Post uh, up I-95 there. So those are the two adventures that they're in. One's kind of a whodunit uh, in terms of the serial killer. And then Ike's adventure is more about uh, his his uh, serving under his working for Evil Knievel, who is unpredictable and wild and starts uh, a, a run for president uh, that Ike starts uh, following him on. Now, where did Evil Knievel come from in your fertile imagination? Well, you know, I was going to be writing about the 70s, and and a friend of mine is a big Evil Knievel fan. I never really understood it, but he said, this is such a great character, such a great American character. And I said, well, what I know of him, he doesn't seem like that great a guy. And he said, no, he's not, but he's such a great American character. You should watch this documentary called Being Evil. So I watched this documentary, Being Evil, uh, that was produced by Johnny Knoxville. And it was really good and really fascinating. And then I just started reading more. And then I thought, well, this is just a a wonderful character to play with. Uh, In the second book in the series, The Devil May Dance, um, I did a similar thing with Frank Sinatra. I, he's a major character in the book and I got to play with him and, and, uh, and learn about him and write about him uh, and kind of capture who he was. Um, And I did the same thing with Evil Knievel. Uh, I think that Frank Sinatra was uh, warts and all probably a better guy than uh, Evil Knievel was, but they're both just these quintessentially... More attractive, easier to like. Yeah, definitely. But they're, they're, you know, they're both these kind of quintessential American larger-than-life figures that that are uh, a lot of fun. And you know, I didn't realize that you, when you were working a long time ago, you started working for Marjorie Margolis, an old friend. Our kids were college roommates, oh, yeah, purely that's, by that's coincidence. A, yeah, a hundred years ago, right, right out of college in the early nineties. Um, I didn't know right. what I wanted to do. Uh, I had just come back from uh, film school that I dropped out of, and she and my dad were friends um, from way back. And in fact, um, uh, I think Marjorie had dated one of my dad's friends in college. So when she started running for Congress, I volunteered because I had nothing else to do. I was the she got her elected. Well, I, I don't know that I got her elected, but but she got elected, and that was that was a really interesting campaign. Uh, and everybody, I think, at some point in their life should uh, should work in politics just to see. Uh, how it actually works, um, whether you actually have strong political positions or not, whichever party you work for, just seeing how it works is really uh, eye-opening. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but our kids, Marjorie's daughter, I was spending her junior year in Korea, and she hadn't been able to get hold of her. And she was in her car commuting from Philly to Washington. I think she was doing a Sunday show. I don't remember now. And in her car, she turned on the radio. And there I was saying that I just got back from Asia. And I met Marjorie Margolis, who is a journalist. I met her daughter in Korea. She was like screaming, pulled her car over to the side of the road because she hadn't been able to find her. And there had been problems in Korea during that time. Anyway, it's a small world. 
And yeah, I had absolutely. all forgotten about your adventures there. So no more cartooning or is that a hobby? It's a hobby right now. Uh, it's it's not anything that uh, I, I do right now except for uh, my kids and my friends. Yeah. And when you're working on a book, and these books are really researched and there are a lot of historic content, is it a year or more? Uh, it's about... Uh... Well, I start off doing months and months of research and reading and reading. And then once I have the outline of the book, uh, I start writing the book. Um, but uh, I'm still doing research as I'm writing the book. It's not like all the research comes at once. Um, you know, while I have an outline and then I'll think about, well, what if this scene takes place in you know, May 1977, what movies are, are playing, what music is playing, what's going on in the news right then. So it, it's a, the research is, a, is nonstop. Yeah, but that's all part of, part of what it takes. And, and you're doing, in the beginning, you weren't doing that much TV, but now you're a major TV person. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, was doing, I was a print journalist first, in the uh -huh. 90s for Washington City Paper and some other places. And then I started doing TV reporting full-time in 2003 for ABC News. And then I just, you know, worked my way up. Uh, at ABC News, I was made the senior White House correspondent uh, when Obama was inaugurated, so 2009. I did that for his first term and then came to CNN uh, to start my own show, to anchor my own show. And now... The show, my show, the lead, <clears throat> the lead is on at four. Uh, it's a two-hour show, two-hour new show, and then um, I also co-host the Sunday show, State of the Union, which is great and Thank stuff you. that we all love. Does all this make you happy? And I'm always I, interested in print because I feel that doing print journalism in my early days, I learned how to write, and that was something that. I considered a gift and took it with me. Um, I, so. I, yeah, I mean, I loved being a print journalist. That was a lot of fun. Um, I still do a lot of writing. Obviously, I write my scripts, not all my scripts, but I work with my staff on my scripts. Um, and, you know, I write these books. But I also do some writing for CNN.com and other stuff. I did a big, big story in The Atlantic magazine that came out last October about a, a, a prisoner that uh, I don't that I think is innocent. That's that's been in jail now for 11 years. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly doing it. Uh, I do. I do still love print. Yeah, absolutely. And with all that's going on in television, CNN, everything changing all the time. Does that have an impact on you or you're doing your thing? Well, I mean, of course it has an impact. Um, but the job is, as you know, uh, it doesn't matter who the boss is or what tumult is going on or what the, you know, anything else, any, any other of the, of the distractions that's part of being in a, at a TV news channel. The job is to do a two-hour news show every day. Uh, and so I basically try to just keep my head down and do my job. Uh, there's a lot of nonsense that comes with being on TV, uh, including, you know, attacks from 
other networks like Fox or whatever, you know, that are not, you know, based on lies or whatever. But the the focus is on the viewers. The focus is on um, what uh, is the most important news of the day and uh, how to present it in the most fair and honest way possible, uh, et cetera. So that, I think, is uh, a really big part uh, of my focus. Is it still Donald Trump that gets a big draw? And has that had an impact on the work you do? Well, I don't decide what the lead story is based on ratings. I decide what the lead story is based on, you know, what, what is the most important story that, you know, we've, we've, we, um, you know, we, uh, we have led the show this week, some of it with obviously his most recent indictment, which is, you know, a former president being indicted is huge news. It's a big Um, deal. Yeah. And some of it uh, with uh, what's going on in Hawaii, um, the that, the devastation uh, there. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, look, the, the, the fact of the matter is uh, ratings or not, we're in unprecedented times with these um, indictments of Donald Trump. And they are big news and they're important, whether you support Donald Trump or not. It's in, an important development that he has now been indicted uh, four times by four different jurisdictions. And Jake, with all the indictments, I mean, we were at a, a, some gathering and a whole bunch of even journalists, women who were like, he can keep being indicted. Nothing happens to this guy. Is that still true or are these indictments going to really hit home? I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I know I, I I hear from people who say um, the, you know, he'll never be held accountable. This is so awful. Um, but I, just as I mean, I, I, I can't predict it. I mean, I know that he is, you know, there are three very serious indictments against him. Uh, and a fourth one in New York that I think is probably less serious. And I think in just in terms of uh, the strength of the case, based on what legal experts have said. Uh, and I think that they are imp- important and, uh, will, you know, will be reckoned with. I, I can't predict whether, you know, how a jury will find or whether or when he will go to trial or whether there will be any punishment. I, I have no idea. I'm just here to to cover it as it happened, as it happens. I'm not gleeful about it. I'm not depressed about it. It just, it is the news. It is unprecedented, but by the same token, uh, his, uh, actions, uh, have been unprecedented in terms of, you know, trying to overturn the election and, and, uh, what he did with classified documents. So, you know, we're just here to cover the news and, uh, let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, our viewers can make up their own minds, how they feel about any of it. Right, and cover all the people in power. Doing this for now a considerable amount of time, do you have any interest at all in going into politics? Oh, God, no. No, 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 never, never. Uh, Never, that's a long time. That doesn't interest me at all. I don't think I'd be particularly good at it. I'm I'm, uh, not a uh, a particularly good liar. Uh, I feel... (laughs) Scrupulously adhering to facts is important. 
uh, I, you know, I don't preach to choirs, probably to my own detriment. Like I'll go before a, a liberal crowd and I'm inclined to say things that they don't want to hear. Uh, that's just how I'm wired. So I, I don't think I'd be good at it. And I'm probably exactly where I belong right now. Okay. And if you've never read one of Jake's books, the latest thriller, All the Demons Are Here. I'm telling you, with all the crazy stuff going on in the world, you want to get in a good chair and sit and go on the adventure because it really is a thriller. And you're going to know a lot of the people. If you didn't before, you're going to know them now. Congratulations, Jake. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you so much, Joan. Really, really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC and more ahead. 